Welcome to Sound Saints, a podcast aimed at helping the saints of God to think sound thoughts. My name is Clint Eberspacher. I'm the senior pastor at Hingham Church in Hingham, Wisconsin. My name is Kurt Dalmas, and I'm an elder at Hingham Church. Before we get started, I uh, just want to give a special shout out to my brother Dirk Dalmas. We borrow his equipment in place, which is awesome. And uh, him and Roland Schwartz, a good friend of ours, helps us produce everything. So without these guys, this would be a lot tougher. So be a lot more static and be less interesting and all of those things. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> None of the stuff that we screw up would get edited out and things like that. So we're doing good. Um, yeah, we're going to continue on today with uh, the Apostles' Creed, and specifically today we would like to talk about God the Father Almighty. Oh, well, hang on, hang on. Weren't we going to we're going to uh, discuss a little bit? I mean, this was <laughs> this is actually a little bit of church discipline, Kurt. Um, there was an issue this Sunday because uh, when I was, you know, in prayer, getting prepared, very spiritual for the Sunday service, and thinking about all of the things that would be happening that day and then kind of hoping you'd forget this Clint. <laughs> <laughs> and then and then suddenly I find out that that you're not going to even come to church that day. Well, what happened? Let's just say I had a a delicious hamburger the night before which turned out to be not quite so good by the middle of the night I found myself uh, in our bathroom for <laughs> quite a while and I didn't think Running in and out of the sanctuary in church would have been um, very good for you when you're trying to focus on delivering your message. So how about we leave it there? But that hamburger, it sounded so good. What was on the hamburger? Oh, oh boy. I think that was, yeah, a cheddar bacon jalapeno burger. And like I said, absolutely delicious at first. Um, but yeah. We I just thought it was that. important that we that we understood what was happening there. So. Now everybody knows where I was on Sunday. I was, however, watching it on YouTube, and you did an outstanding job that day. Well, well thanks. But it'd be better if you're there next time. So no more cheddar, bacon, jalapeno, pretzel bun burgers for you. Agreed. Trust me. <laughs> All right, so where were we? Um, yes, okay, today we'll be talking about the Apostles' Creed again, specifically God the Father Almighty, maker of heaven and earth. And I have to admit, we were talking about it a little bit in preparation for this, and Clint had me blanked a few times with some of the things, so I'll do my best to participate you know, um, with you know, as much as I can. But from there, um, where do you think we should start today, sir? Yeah, so we've talked about uh, just the first part of the Apostles' Creed, and we, we took a break from that, um, and we, we talked a little bit about the history and the importance of the Apostles' Creed, but we're back into it now, uh, as you said, Kurt, talking about uh, who we believe in, the first person in the Trinity, the Father Almighty, maker of heaven and earth. And as I thought about one kind of fun way to approach this uh, portion of the creed, uh, it reminds me of uh, an ancient heretic, actually, from uh, the second century AD, who uh, his name's Marcion. And he started this massive uh, church movement, but it was a church in heresy, of course. I mean, it, it, was, it, it spanned both halves of the empire, the Roman Empire, the East and West. It was uh, all over the place. It was not just a small little sect or group in, in one particular location. Uh, they had churches all over the known world. And, uh, and Marcion, this, this one guy, uh, was at the head of it. 
we actually don't have any extant writings of Marcion. All that we have are all of the writings against Marcion from Orthodox Christian theologians. Um, but even the, the amount of writings we have from them to some degree shows us how difficult it was to, for them to put down this, this heretical movement. Um, <clears throat> and there's, there's different things. Like Marcion's different than a lot of uh, people that, are, that were ancient heretics or, or people that are spouting off really kind of strange or heretical things even today. Uh, Marcion, for instance, didn't claim that he was... He had any like special gifts of the spirit. He didn't have any special revelation from God. You know, I, th- I think of so many of the false teachers that are around today, and they say, "Well, God told me this," and they fill in the blank, and and then they create their movement uh, kind of around themselves as a prophet or a prophetess of of God, and they can kind of make up whatever they want. Well, he he didn't do that, and in fact, he didn't even like allegorical interpretations of scripture. He he really just tried to read the scriptures literally. Um, now, with that said, he also did cut out most of the Bible and only picked the portions that he liked, uh, and then he also edited those quite a bit to fit what he wanted them to literally say, so there were probably some problems there. Um, but anyway, his heresy really centers on the what who we would believe the first person of the Trinity is, um, and so his, his view really cuts the Bible uh, up quite a bit. He says the Old Testament and the God of the Old Testament is a different God than the God of the New Testament. So he believes in, in, in what he called the cosmocrator, uh, the one who created matter and, and all things, um, as a God who maybe is kind of good, but he's weak, and because he is weak, uh, immorality entered the world. He tried to make everything good, but he failed. And uh, and because he failed, we all now live under um, pain and death and all those kinds of things. But fortunately, in the person of Jesus Christ later on, uh, we have this good alien God who came to earth to fix uh, all the problems of this cosmocrator uh, of the Old Testament. So wait a minute, then what this guy is saying is we're separating God and Jesus into two completely different entities. One is like a cosmic creator, and one is an alien from another place that came and tried to fix us. Yeah, they're, they're both gods. One is far more powerful than the other, um, and that'd be, he'd say that would be Jesus. Um, but uh, but the, other, the other one, the weaker one, would be Yahweh or the, the cosmo creator of the Old Testament. Yeah. <clears throat> Interesting. So some of the major differences between the two would be things like the Old Testament cosmo creator. Um, he had some contradictory qualities about him. Um, at times, he would be petty and fickle. Um, if you just think about how Marcion would have understood Genesis 6 with the flood. So he creates humanity, they fill the earth, and then what does he do? He kills them all, except for except for just a few of them and, and starts over. So Marcion looks at that and says, well, what a what a petty and fickle God. He can't make up his mind. Does he want humans or not? You know, uh, he would be impatient at times, jealous. He's warlike and wild. Um, the author of evil as a result of his weakness. And so there, there were just a number of things that he looked at that and said, well, 
that that's obviously a different being than the being of Jesus Christ that we see in the New Testament. <coughs> so um, he, along with that, he makes some interesting claims about who Jesus is. In order to do this, again, with his, with his uh, canon of Scripture adjusted, uh, he only held to a portion of Luke's gospel and then about 10 of Paul's letters. Um, but as a result of all of uh, his study of those portions of Scripture, he came to the conclusion that Jesus was not human. Again, can you, can you, just based on what I've told you, Kurt, like, why would he have a problem with Jesus being human, do you think? Well, if Jesus is human, he probably assumes that he's no better than we are. Just another person claiming, you know, power, claiming righteousness, claiming the right way. He, um, if he's human, then he's fallible, and if he's fallible, why would he be any better than anyone else? Yeah, and and you're you're on the right track there because it 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 his assumption is if Jesus is human, then he's made of matter, and if he's made of matter, then he's made out of that same weak stuff that has led to all the problems that we have. Uh, anyway, uh, he he's got all of those same issues himself, just like you're saying. Um, and so Marcion held to uh, really unashamedly a form of what's called docetism, which is an ancient belief that says that Jesus was not truly human. He only appeared to be human. Um, so for Marcion, he would have denied things like the doctrine of the Incarnation. Um, Jesus even dying on the cross could not happen, of course, if he's not truly human. He was, he was against those things. Um, but he also, of course, denied the Trinity, right? So you can't get around this in some of Paul's writings. There, you, You've got the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, that I keep wondering. <laughs> yeah, uh, but you you have the the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit in such a way that they are not three persons; they are three modes or manifestations of one person. Um, so these are these are by the way these are ancient heresies that continue on down to to today. So, Kurt, can you think of any instances, or do any, does anything spring to mind of uh, docetism, like do we do we have that very much today? Do, do you do you know of anything, or have you encountered that at all, where people don't really recognize the humanity of Jesus? I think so. Um, honestly, more so today, I run into is that people think Jesus is just a man. Mm-hmm. But however, yeah, it, it, and it's sometimes hard for us to even get our heads around it. It's, you know, how can Jesus be able to perform these miracles? How can he have these direct lines to God? How can he have, you know, all of these things going on and yet be a sinful, you know, or a, I shouldn't say sinful, obviously, but how can he be, a, you know, in the same type of body that we are and, and we are sinful um, and doing these things, you know, that that we do so. Um, yeah, it's you, you are you are right on it, man. When you say that direct line to God, that that's exactly where I think we see docetism the most today. I think we see it in Christian churches a lot. I think we see um, this kind of the effect of this 
heresy still kind of lingering today. Uh, anytime we fail to account for the, the very human authors of Scripture, um, of course, we would affirm that every word of Scripture is God-breathed, just as Second Timothy uh, 3.16 would tell us, but they were also written by humans. And so the, the reality is we need to read carefully these ancient documents that we call the Bible uh, according to regular exegetical or uh, hermeneutical or Bible study interpretation, whatever word you want to use, methods that fit the way that they were written. We want to read God's Word in the same way that it was written. But I see so often when people are trying to make a decision, I see this all the time, um, a, a failure to turn to God's Word, which I think is born out of an assumption, either that they're not going to be able to find an answer or they're not going to be able to um, understand it, or maybe it wasn't even written to answer their question. But they, but they skip over careful exegesis, which sometimes is really hard work. Sometimes certain portions of Scripture especially really hard to understand rightly. Um, but they, they instead turn to, well, um, I think the Lord is leading me to dot, dot, dot. And there's no basis for that as far as I can tell. Maybe they had a feeling. Maybe they had a bad burger the night before. Oh, and, so, <laughs> and so and so they, they have visions now, you know, in their head of, of uh, what it's going to be. Um, no, but I, I agree with you 100%. I mean, reading Scripture, oftentimes we are looking for things that we want and desire, or we are looking for God's Word to affirm what we want to do, and we tend to read <clears throat> Scripture that way, and it's absolutely not written that way. So, yeah, reading the entire scripture in the context so that we understand what God is looking for is extremely important. You know, picking and choosing what we like and how we want to interpret it is a very slippery slope. Yeah. So I, I think that's that's one way that happens. This other heresy that, that we mentioned, uh, modalism, you know, there, there are some movements today that um, would align with that very openly. Um, there's oneness Pentecostalism that's out there. If, you, if you're ever driving around and you see one of those signs uh, that says Jesus only, if you've ever seen one of those signs uh, on a church or a, a building, um, that's a oneness Pentecostal church. They, they teach exactly what Marcin would have taught, uh, that there's one God in one person who has three different modes. So uh, Jesus uh, is who God the Father became, and now he is God the Holy Spirit. Um, T.D. Jakes is another big name of someone who would hold to modalism today. He's a, he's a megachurch pastor, has 17,000 people that show up weekly to listen to him preach. He believes Jesus is the same person as God the Father. And uh, um, I don't know, there's one, there's, there's one thing that happens in Scripture quite a bit, especially in the Gospels, uh, that that to me, I just go, how in the world do they deal with that? But what problems would you see with uh, modalism? Um, they would compare it, by the way, to like how water has, you know, it can be ice, it can be liquid, it can be uh, it can be evaporated, it can be a vapor. You know, there's so they they kind of make that kind of comparison. 
Well, yeah, I mean, first, I think this is an excellent topic because I think there is a lot of people who are really doing their best to understand, you know, the differences between God and Jesus and the Holy Spirit. And I think, you know, you have to look into the Bible. Uh, Jesus, would he say, you know, I'm giving you my spirit if he was talking about himself? And he would, would he say, I'm praying to myself now? Right. Yeah. That's the one I was thinking of. Yeah. Who's he, who's he praying to when he prays? Exactly. Exactly. (laughs) Or in the Old Testament, when God sends his spirit to, you know, Mm -hmm. do something, you know, why doesn't he just say, I am going then? So, you know, there's, there's some things that I struggle with, you know, from that view then. Yeah. Yeah. And I've, I've run into this a lot too. I've seen this a lot of times, or rather I should say I've heard this a lot of times in the prayers of people who I'm convinced are Christian, but they they haven't taken the doctrine of the Trinity into their prayer life. And so they may be praying to God, but they're not praying to a specific person in the Godhead, which that's fine. The psalmists do that too, but then they end up saying things like, um, uh, Father, we love you so much. Thank you for dying on the cross to pay for our sins. And in my head, I hear a record scratch, and I go, wait a second, hold up. Uh, the Father did not die on the cross to pay for my sins. The Son did. You know, And, and so there's, a, I think, a, a t- at times a failure to, uh, to bring that across to uh, modern day, too. So anyway, these are, these are important things that Marcion was denying. And uh, um, I just find some of the things that, that he did... Uh, and said, so interesting. So um, even though, you know, Christ couldn't really die, uh, in a sense, you know, even just the belief that he died, um, Marcion took that as the Cosmo Crater uh, trying to um, uh, seize power Quality over Christ. Yeah, yeah. Uh, but uh, but Christ, you know, was was still stronger, and, and uh, he might have been tricked into going into the underworld, but what happened there was Christ, this is from Marcion. He he Christ in the while he's in the underworld, he got together with guys like Cain and Korah and Dathan and, and Abiram, as well as Esau and all the nations of the Old Testament that hated the Jewish he people. Got the all old gang together. He got them all together and, uh, and rose up against the Cosmo Creator. And so I mean, it was just it, it's just all this crazy stuff where. Uh, I mean, he thought through thought through these things quite a bit. They, they, he even hated the Jews so much um, that because again, the Jews were the people that followed this Cosmo Creator God, right? Right. So they they prohibited things like um, well, uh, sex, but specifically marriage because marriage implies that that uh, sexual intercourse is happening. And so this was something because um, sex typically leads to procreation. Creation is a work of the Cosmo Creator, uh, and so in order to not participate in creation with the Cosmo Creator, they had to prohibit uh, sexual intercourse, marriage. Um, uh, you know, they even they even uh, made sure that on Sabbath days, when the Jews are resting from their labor and enjoying comfort, that Marcionite churches, uh, the members of those churches, were were hard at work, they were fasting, so that they were as uncomfortable as possible just to just to kind of stick it to the Cosmo Creator God. Just to go against whatever he was saying in the Old Testament, the way it sounds. Yeah, yeah. So, um, you know, and of course, there's all sorts of these things today. I mean, you can kind of look at some of that uh, trying to separate um, uh, marriage and... and, uh, and, and 
procreation uh, along cer- certain lines with the pro-choice movement today or um, different sort of asceticisms that prohibit certain kinds of foods and things like that. But at the end of the day, um, you know, there's, there's just a number of these different, different areas. One thing I wanted to ask you, though, Kurt, was when you look at this, um, why is it important to affirm, uh, not necessarily in relationship to Marcion, but you can reference him if you want to, why is it important to affirm this statement in the Apostles' Creed that we believe in God the Father, uh, that He is Almighty, that He is the Maker of heaven and earth? You know, we can we can poke holes in the things that Marcion says, but I wonder what can we say constructively about that statement in the Apostles' Creed? Well, I think that's kind of the foundation of you know, how everything starts. I mean, you had mentioned marriage. You know, if, if God's not the creator and then the things that he put into place, uh, his rules, the morality, I mean, where do we stop and start? If we don't believe that, then then why do we try to make the moral choices that we do? You know, if, if he's not the one there doing it and teaching us. Where does morality come from? Exactly. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Yeah, and I, I, I'm, I kind of go back to this connection too between him and Jesus. Of course, we know from the New Testament that nothing was made apart from Christ either. Um, that there is this incredibly strong connection between Father and Son. Uh, both are fully God. Um, that's part of the doctrine of the Trinity, which I think it's important to affirm along with the Apostles' Creed. You know, one of the things, is, as, uh, even as we were preparing for this, that spr- sprang to my mind, uh, that I just think is um, just a number of things just shut down Marcionism, but one of those things that I think is a really common uh, misperception of the Bible, because you do hear a lot of people today talking about how the Old Testament's so different from the New. You know, God was harsh and, and judgmental and warlike in the Old Testament, and and you have Jesus in the New Testament who's just so loving and kind and gentle, and you get those images of Jesus walking through the pasture with the lamb over his shoulder, and he's got the long beard. And, uh, and the you children know. around him and everything, right? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, and and you just, you just want to hug him, right? But then you get these other descriptions. So this is from the New Testament in Revelation 19. This is what it says about Jesus. This is John the Apostle. He says, I Then I saw heaven opened, and behold, a white horse, the one sitting on it, is called Faithful and True. That's Jesus. And in righteousness he judges and makes war. And then he goes on. His eyes are like a flame of fire, and on his head are many diadems, and he has a name written no one knows but himself. That's weird. That's kind of mysterious and scary. No one knows his name but he himself. He's clothed in a robe, dipped in blood. And I think, I'm not 100% sure on this, but most people think that that is talking about the blood of his enemies that he has laid waste to. Uh, and the name by which he is called is the Word of God. Um, and, he, and it goes on, from, from his mouth comes a sharp sword with which to strike down the nations, and he will rule them with a rod of iron. He will tread out the winepress of the fury of the wrath of God the Almighty. There's a connection there. On his robe and on his thigh, he has a name written, King of Kings and Lord of Lords. 
Man, that's that's just so different than the God that Marcion said he he followed, right? That's definitely a different perspective of what we were just work, learning about for sure. Yeah. So I, I you know, I, I look at the Bible and I know you do too, brother, and I say, man, it's so cool how um, we have this consistent picture of God all the way through. Yes, there's difficult things like the doctrine of the Trinity. Um, how do we make sense of war as Christians? You know, these are all good topics for future episodes, Absolutely. perhaps. But um, but those are those are just some of those things that I find encouraging uh, uh, that I don't have to go back through and kind of edit the Bible to make it fit whatever system I want. So that's the key right there. Definitely making sure that we follow what the Bible says and not trying to find ways to get it to do what, or to agree with what we want to do in life. Well, this has been another episode of Sound Saints. We'd love to hear your thoughts and questions. And you can reach us anytime at kurt.dalmus at gmail.com. Thanks again for listening. Go in peace.